Hi, Max. It's Delilah. Delilah, I'm just stopping my clinging clock. Could you hear it? No, let it clang. Let it chime. (laughs) Let it chime. Let Let it it chime. chime. So we're going to talk about your new book, uh, which I am holding in my hot little hand. I got an advanced copy of Unshakable. Yeah, it is. Unshakable Hope. Unshakable Hope. And I just have to say, I, I opened it up and was like, maybe five paragraphs in and my heart was was beating stronger like like my daughter has asthma and when she can't breathe she has to take albuterol and so one time when she was two or three I thought I want to know what this does so I took a hit of it just to feel what she feels when she takes the albuterol and it makes your heart beat faster and uh-huh. you feel you can actually feel the oxygen, your blood getting oxygenated. Really? And I was maybe five pages, not even not even five pages, five or ten paragraphs into uh, Unshakable Hope. And I had that physical sensation, Max, mm. of my heart beating stronger, and I felt like my blood was getting oxygenated with hope. I'm ha- I'm happy to hear that. I mean, you know, hope can can feel like it's in short supply and um i i've i feel like if we can just give each other enough hope to face these challenges of life that are so unspeakably difficult these uphill stretches that that we're called to climb uh then we've done just such a great favor one for the other yeah finding hope is not easy it's not at all it's not but you're your gift of of storytelling and taking stories that you know are two or three thousand years old <laughs> and retelling them in a way that that is easy to digest it's like the albuterol for my daughter it made her lungs able to absorb the oxygen your gift of storytelling max makes us able to absorb the wisdom well i well, i really appreciate that i really do and um, you know, I've, I've I love to tell stories, but I'm, I'm mainly I'm I'm just an old preacher, you know. I, I and and so every week I I do what you do every night. You have a much harder harder job than I do, but I you know every week I'm trying to find a way to encourage people. And uh, so so w- one of the tools I've used over the years is uh, is teaching people the promises of God. And uh, there's about 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. And if we, and if we can learn to uh, tap into the power of these promises, I really think that it, it gives us uh, access uh, to, to hope. They, they're, they're kind of like an, an apothecary of, of hope, because whenever we face particular challenges, if we can be acquainted with, with the promises of God, We'll find that there are uh, there are promises that match our problems, and and getting acquainted with these promises really gives us a place to go. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and and there's not going to be some hard hard days. But it it I think it does give us hope that that we're going to get through this challenge, and and I'm going to stand on this particular promise to help me get through it. 
And that's, uh, like I said, when I opened the book and started reading, that was what I uh, was immediately impressed with was your your ability to take those promises and share them with us, the reader, even if you've been a believer for years or decades, it's easy, for, at least for me, when you're in a circumstance, to lose sight of those promises. Yeah, yeah. And to feel like the circumstance is so overwhelming. Yeah, it, it is. It's just, I sure would never want to leave the impression that it's easy. And and I know that you're uh, acquainted with, with really the dark night of the soul. Every one of your listeners has gone through seasons in which they wondered if they were going to make it through. And I don't, I don't think as a pastor or even as a friend I'd do anybody any favor by, uh, you know, leaving the impression that it's easy. It's just, it's just all we can do some days just to climb out of bed, you know. In fact, climbing out of bed can be the victory. Uh, but what I, what I want to do is give— How about rolling the, out onto the floor? Rolling out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just landing on the floor, huh? <laughs> You, you know, what? A, for example, here, here's a promise from God. It's, it's in Psalm 30 and verse 5. And it's just such a beautiful verse. It says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. I've, said, I've used that verse so many times as I sit down and talk to somebody uh, after church or, or in, in, in their living room when they're ha- passing through a tough time. And I just say, you know, I know that weeping has come your way, but but it's not going to last forever. It's really not. The prom the promise is joy comes. It's not going to come as quickly as you might want, or even in the fashion that you want. But would you be willing to just talk, be open to the possibility that joy is going to come? And 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 just that verse, I think, Delilah is an example of. Sometimes that's all we need somebody to do is just say, okay, weeping comes but so does joy. We don't need an explanation, you know, or, or even proof, just just a verse from Scripture to, to give us enough hope to roll over and... <laughs> and fall out of bed. <laughs> and fall out of bed. <laughs> when I first... Uh, I was in my late 20s when I came to, to know God. I, I had a pastor that had me write verses on little note cards, and tuck them in my purse or put them in the bathroom on the mirror. Or he said, wherever, you know, you visit most during the day, he says, if you go to the coffee pot at work, you know, tuck one by the coffee pot. Yeah. And uh, and for, I said, well, then that would be putting it in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that. I took his advice and I wrote up, you know, passages that were important. And I did that. And. As I'm reading through Unshakable Hope, your new book, um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually physically copy down some of these wonderful promises and put them on note cards and stick them in my pocketbook and stick them on my refrigerator and stick them, you know, on the mirror in the bathroom when I brush my teeth because I need to be reminded of those promises right now. Yeah. You know, the the story that we've heard from uh, the teachings of Jesus is the story of the two builders, you know, one who built his house on the rock and one who built his house on the sand. What they have in common is that both of them experienced a storm. Um, 
what they don't where the stories diverge is that one house collapsed and the other house withstood the storm. So the message there is that all of us face storms. Uh, young people, old people, rich people, poor people, everybody faces storms. Some people are destroyed by the storms, and and that's what we don't want to happen. You know, we we've got to help each other. We've got to help each other. And and Jesus said the difference is the the person who withstands the storm is one who uh, hears my teaching and applies a life to it. So so the idea is not just to hear the not just to know that God has spoken, but to begin building your life on top of a foundation, you know, that says, okay, God said this. And so my emotions, those are sandy foundations. But the rock. Yeah, the rock. That's what we need, isn't it? That's what we need. I actually um, recently had an experience that... I know it's going to work great when I'm out doing public speaking again or preaching again because my porch was soggy. I went out on my porch, and and when I would step on it, it kind of felt mushy. And so I kept saying to my hubby, you got to go look at the porch, this one spot, it feels kind of mushy. So he says, okay, I'll have my friend Doug come over, and we'll tear off some of the decking and figure it out. So they tear off the decking, comes in, he says, great news, good news. Porch is just mushy in that one spot because the decking had got wet and da-da-da and dee-da-dee, da, da, and we just need to get some new decking. Great. A few hours later, they came in. They said, not so great news. Uh, wasn't just a decking issue. Wasn't just the top layer. Seems like the beams that run under the, the porch that hold the porch up were not continuous beams. The builder had sistered them together and Uh-oh. had not left enough space and and didn't use heavy-duty screws. He just nailed two or three boards together, and they've collapsed. Mm -mm. Great. So now they not only have to take the decking off, now they're going to have to replace some beams. The next day, my husband comes in, and he's white as a sheet. And I said, what? He goes, well, it's a little bit more than just the decking or the beams. The pads, the cement pads that had been poured to hold the whole house, the, the porch is 12 feet wide and it wraps around the whole house and there's a metal roof above that is part of the house the pads that were poured under each post each post is four feet five feet apart should have been three or four feet square they were 14 inches oh no and with all the bad weather they had sunk down into the mud one of them had sunk down eight inches literally my porch was falling off which means my house is compromised. But all that to illustrate what you just said. So sorry that happened to your house. But it is a perfect uh, illustration. You you know, the most important part of a house is the foundation, right? Exactly. It's it's probably the most expensive. uh, but, But if the foundation's not there. So I guess the question would be, upon what are we building our lives? I've been guilty of building my life on a relationship. I've been guilty of building my life on pleasure. I've, you know, I, and we've come to find that people and pleasure they're they're terrific. I mean, golly, yeah, but but they're not stable foundations upon which to build a life. And so I, I think that's a great question, Delilah, that we could all ask ourselves right now today. Upon what am I building my life? Am am I 
staking my hope uh, on a person or upon a retirement account, upon my career? If so, those that's risky. That's really risky. That's really risky. And you yeah. know what, Max? I've noticed uh, the last five or ten years, people are building their hope or staking their hope on political parties. Yeah. On the current economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the silliest thing I ever heard. Yeah. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Bible comes at the whole idea of hope very realistically. And, and there's a passage in the book of Hebrews I talk about in, in this book on hope, where the scripture says, For we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And that, that word anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, not anger, but a anchor, that speaks to me because I grew up, even though I didn't grow up on the coast, I did grow up fishing. And I know the purpose of an anchor. And you don't anchor a boat to another boat. You don't anchor a boat to a buoy. You don't anchor a boat to a tree. You drop that anchor to the bottom of the waterbed, and you wait until it tugs against something that is so rock solid that no matter what storm comes, you're not going to be sucked out to sea. And, and this is what we all need. We just need an anchor. We need, we need an anchor for the soul. And I would just contend that no other person can be an anchor. No political party can be an anchor. Really, no religion can, if you define religion just as, you know, somebody's philosophy about God. But but God himself, I really believe, can be that anchor. He can be that foundation. And consequently, we can have the promise of a solid hope for our soul. I love the picture you chose for the cover of the book. It's a red and white lighthouse uh, on top of this massive rock, and it looks like a stormy sky out to sea. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. That's got to be on the East Coast. Yeah, it looks like something along the New England uh, shoreline. It looks like something you'd see in Maine, uh, somewhere along, along that coastline. It's beautiful. But such a beautiful or, representation or, of of what a lighthouse does yeah, in the yeah. storms of life. You, you've seen your share of lighthouses, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. I, I used to draw and paint them. for. I went through a season of lighthouses where I probably <laughs> drew and painted 20 or 30 from, from the East Coast and the West Coast. Really? Yeah. I would go visit them, take pictures, learn their history. And then uh, draw or paint them, but I don't recognize this one. Yeah. 
You spent a lot of your life along the coastlines? I have never not lived by the ocean. Is that right? I've lived on both both sides of the U.S. I have never lived in the middle. I I have always, probably because I was born, you know, less than two miles from the ocean. Uh, yeah. I don't know. God just has shown mercy, and he knows I love the water. <laughs> but I've always lived. Uh, Philadelphia was the furthest inland I've ever lived, and that was only 45, 50 minutes to the Jersey Shore. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, but I love the story of the lighthouse. I love what yeah. they, what they do, what and they do, how yeah. they work, and yeah, who knows how many uh, lives have been saved by the lighthouses, uh, yeah. but how many millions of lives have been saved by unshakable hope? Unshakable hope. You're a special, special soul, Delilah. Thank you. I, I know I've told you before, but I've been listening to you, golly, I don't know, over two decades. Could it be that long or longer? I've been on the air, Max. This September will be 44 years. Nuh-uh. Yeah. How could that be if you're not even 44 I years know. Old? Crazy, huh? How I found a <laughs> magical time clock to turn back the hands of time. So... Just like my my porch, you know, with the 18-inch cement pads sinking in the mud. My foundation quickly sank in the mud. (laughs) But your book, Unshakable Hope, I hope everybody, anybody who is going through a dark time right now who might be forgetting the promises of God or might be questioning them, I actually heard my own mouth saying, yeah, I believe in God. I just don't believe he cares about me right now. Yeah, yeah. And... And you know what? I, I, he better care about you. <laughs> I mean, that's all I got to say. You know, I don't think we, I don't need a God. Uh, that sounded terrible for me to say that. I didn't mean at all disrespectful. But, but God sure is shooting better love us. He does. And I know he that, does. but your book reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does. He it's does. just that when your emotions take over, it kind yeah. of cancels out what you know to be true. And it does, yeah. this book, Unshakable Hope, for anybody who is going through a tough time and your faith has been shaken, you need to read this book. And if you're not going through a tough time, you should get this book and like as preventative <laughs> medicine because you're going to go through a tough time. Uh, Isn't it true? We're all going to go through stuff. What's that old line they say? If you're either coming out of a hard time, you're in the midst of a hard time, or you're just a calendar flip from a hard time. Exactly. So it just happens. I take my yeah. vitamins even when I don't have a cold to kind of right. you know prevent them. I take yep. that airborne stuff when I fly in an airplane to prevent it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. saying, yeah. Max, anybody who's not going through a hard time needs your book, Unshakable Hope, because because <laughs> they're just that calendar flip away from. From something yeah, from, that might make them forget God's promise that weeping may last through the night, but joy does come in the morning. Joy comes. Joy comes. All right, Max, thank you. God bless you and your family, and God bless you for writing Unshakable Hope. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you, honey. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.